What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Marin with Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 12, featuring Linda Luna, CEO of Powerless Agency. Agency, excuse me. Uh, how are you, Linda? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hanging in there. How's everything going with this quarantine with you? Um, everything is good under the circumstances. I'm actually in Dallas as we speak. You know, I live in Los Angeles, but I had to come visit my family. My my mom is out here, my son, and just my entire family because I'm from Dallas. So I had to, I had to, I had to make that trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, but everything is good so far. So. Perfect. Perfect. Now, uh, give us a little bit of uh, the upbringing, and and you said you're from Dallas, Texas. Give us a little bit of the your upbringing. And uh, before you got into the music industry, what did you do before, like, in your upbringing? Um, well, for me, I was born, you know, in the Dallas area, a little town. Well, I was born in Dallas, and I was raised in a little town called McKinney, which is a suburb of Dallas, Texas. Um, I wouldn't even call it a suburb. Now it is, but back in the day, it wasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was raised, I was raised by, you know, a mom and my stepdad, and then they got divorced. And then I was, you know, single mom household. Um, you know, she was just working a couple of jobs to survive. So obviously didn't, wasn't raised with any privileges, you know, um, definitely had to work my way um, and, you know, go to college and things like that. But my upbringing was, you know, typical, I guess you want to call it stereotype <laughs> for Latinos, you know, mm-hmm. in the projects, um, you know, living on, you know, welfare assistance, things like that. So um, but, you know, but I had a good upbringing in terms of, you know, having a good mother and having, you know, family support and stuff like that. But yeah, that's pretty much what it was growing up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you went, and then as years went on, you made your move to L.A. Tell us a little bit about the transition you made and how was that moving to L.A.? Um, I moved to L.A. in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, it was my last year of college. And I had to do an internship or I had one more credit left. So I took it as an internship. Mm-hmm. And so I was interning um, at MTV for the summer. And that was in yeah, 2003, like I said. So I came out there um, just, you know, wasn't sure if I was actually going to make the move. I mean, obviously, I, I wanted to move there. That was always a dream of mine to move to mm-hmm. California. And uh, when I when I went out there and I got the internship, I realized, like, yeah, I do want to live here, and I want to try to make a living here and <laughs> make mm-hmm. it a, a career out of it. And um, that's what I did. So after I graduated, I, you know, went back to L.A., and um, my internship had ended. So I was hoping to get a job at the time um, uh, at, when I after I graduated, but it took a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so during those few months, I was kind of just doing, like, temp jobs. Like, I worked for different record labels. Um, and or been like acting agencies, you know, which was a Gersh agency, Universal. Mm-hmm. I worked for Madonna's label, just a lot of different temp jobs. So I got an insight into the industry. And then I would say a couple months later, I got a call from MTV um, offering me a position. And I ended up staying there for about, what, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there as an assistant. And then, uh, and then I moved over to uh, Nickelodeon because I don't know if you know, but at the time, Viacom was like over all of the networks from MTV to Nickelodeon to mm-hmm. Comedy Central, Spike TV. Mm-hmm. So they were all in the same building. And so I was able to move around. So I even I think I worked in VH1 for a little bit as well. 
Um, and then I settled into MTV as a production, uh, I think it was like a production assistant slash coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, had a good experience with doing that as well. Okay, okay. So then you also had some on-camera experience as well in there, right? Yeah, that was actually in college though, not at MTV. Uh, when I, yeah. yeah, when I was in college, I actually uh, met this girl um, who, you know, the student there as well. And she had a show called Live and Loud. And mm. she was producing the show and interviewing like local uh, music artists. And so I knew that I wanted to, at the time, I wanted to do TV hosting. I wanted to go in and be some type of correspondent or, you know, go in that field. At, at that time, that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so I approached her and said, hey, I know you have this show. Um, I'd love to co-produce it with you. I'll get all these major interviews with all these major celebrities and artists that come to town. Mm. And obviously, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know where to start. I just basically just, you know, figure, I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. And, um, mm -hmm. and we were both majoring in radio TV film. So that was our, you know, that's how I met her. We were both that's in the okay. same uh, department and we both graduated with that degree, but she was like, yeah, let's do it. So I ended up sort of teaching myself and, you know, of course, learning some of the things that you learn from college, but teaching myself in general of how to book artists and things like that for interviews. And, uh, I just learned and. That's what I started doing. I started booking the interviews and we would go meet them either at um, the concert, you know, location. We interviewed them either backstage mm -hmm. in the green room or at their hotel or we find a location, things like that. And so that's how I was, that's how I started building my network is kind of from that. Started meeting um, artist managers, artist publicists, artist assistants, the artists themselves. So that's sort of how I started building my network and relationships mm -hmm. with artists because a lot of them lived in LA. And mm -hmm. so I was able to, you know, when I moved out there, I was able to reconnect with some of those people. Okay. Um, but yeah, but that's what I did in college. And that's what I wanted to do. But I don't know, just God took me in a different direction behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, as the industry always <laughs> does. Yeah, I mean, the industry does that. It, right. It's very, very tricky. Like you start off one thing and then you move on to another. Like I started off as an actor and then I moved on to music producing and then from music producing to photographer. So it's like right. all these, you <laughs> know, happens. all in a span of like six years, you know? So it's like, but it's, it's crazy. Now, growing up and also, what were some of your like inspirations like music wise? Because it seems like you, you've always been attached to music well growing up um i lived in a neighborhood that you know our community was very diverse in terms of um, the minority side like it was a lot of latinos and the black community and we mm -hmm. all kind of grew up together and so i was embraced with you know the of course latin culture of tejano music because i grew up in texas so our music is like tejano which is like tex-mex mm -hmm. kind of like the selena type okay. of music Okay. So that's the kind of music I grew up on. I didn't really grow up like on the Mexican music because I'm, I'm more of a like Mexican American, and mm -hmm. you know, tech well, people from Texas are like I'm like fifth generation. So mm -hmm. for me, I didn't really yeah, I was more embraced. I was more in like that culture of like the Tex-Mex culture and and like the urban culture, you know, in terms of like R&B, hip hop, things like that. So that's kind of what I grew up on. So I was 
pretty diverse in that. And then the school I went to, it was, we only had one junior high back in the day mm -hmm. with one junior high and one high school. <laughs> so when we went to school, we were surrounded, everybody was together. It was white people, you know, black folks, Hispanic folks, mm -hmm. you know, a few Asians. So it was very kind of, so we were able to listen to all types of different music in school. So I was able to get exposed to the rock and roll, the alternative. And of course we had MTV, we had BET, so I was able to, you know, hear the music from those outlets as well. Um, but it was pretty uh, diverse. I didn't really have like a set type of music um, that I listened to. Mm -hmm. But I will say in terms of like inspiration, um, you know, I loved I loved Mariah Carey. Of course, I'm Hispanic, so I love Selena. Yeah, <laughs> um, classic. You know, we don't have a lot of Latino, um, a lot of like Latino Mm -hmm. heroes or celebrities or you know people like that to look up to in terms of famous people back in that day so for me that was who I looked up to because she was somewhat local and, and it was someone that I you know um, was inspired by but in terms of just in general like mainstream I, I mean Mariah Carey was one of my mm. I loved her I loved Mariah I loved Janet Jackson in terms of just music like those mm -hmm. are the things that I would bop to yeah Nice, nice. And then you obviously transitioned and got involved in the music industry. And then as time went on, you actually opened up your own agency, Powerhouse Agency. Elaborate a little bit on that. What were the beginnings like opening that agency? Yeah. That was actually by accident. Um, I didn't even plan to do that. You know, when I moved to LA, mm -hmm. my goal was to still um, go into, you know, TV producing or hosting. And so when I was at MTV, um, I was, you know, working as an assistant and I had a mentor that I met that was at, uh, he was at the head of Universal Music Videos at Universal um, Music Group. And he and I met, he became sort of a mentor to me and I would meet with him and one day uh, he saw my demo, you know, of course my college demo, which you can mm -hmm. see on YouTube, but it's so low budget. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he just kind of, I guess, showed my my personality or whatnot mm -hmm. but he saw the demo and he was like you know I like it I like the fact that it brings out your shows your personality obviously we know that it's you know the it's low budget because you're in college he goes but I want to introduce you to someone who's the head of programming at MTV in New York and I think it'll be a great opportunity for you to um, meet him and see if there's any opportunities you know to do any type of hosting out there in New York and I was like yeah I would love to do that and so I was sort of kind of working my way into that but around that time, I started to get into PR, and it was literally by accident. I wasn't planning to do that. It was just something that I started meeting people, and I had access to all these events. I had access to all these media outlets, and I was just kind of connecting people. And I don't know if you remember the actor, Fredro Starr. Yep. yep, um, yep. He was from Onyx. Onyx, yeah. yep, yep. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I met him. When I was working at MTV. He came in one day to pitch a show, and I met him there. And we just kind of, you know, connected, and then we stayed in touch. And I would invite him to events. I would hook him up with like free clothes and just all kinds of stuff. Like mm -hmm. it was just, it was just more of me just networking and building relationships. And one day he asked me. He said, "Hey, are, you know, what do you do at MTV? Are you a publicist?" And I was like, "No, I'm not a publicist." Mm -hmm. He said, "Man, you." you act like fun, you know, would you be, you know, I, I need someone, would you be interested in working with me or something like that? And I was like, yeah, why not? And I know some PR because of course I took PR classes in right, college yeah. and I did a little bit of it, you know, for the show, but mm -hmm. I wasn't like 
you know, really like as a professional. So, so I just started just kind of learning the ropes of it and mm-hmm. helping him out, getting him involved in certain things. So that's kind of how I really kind of started doing it. And then I got offered a, a, a job at a PR company. So I ended up leaving MTV, going to the PR company while at the same time still trying to figure out if I'm going to go to New York and do, you know, um, mm-hmm. kind of pursue my career out there. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of all of that, I had, I got pulled back home for personal reasons I had to come back home to Dallas for uh, personal reasons like I said and so when I came back home I was pretty much kind of I felt like I was starting back all over because there was you know no obviously there's no real entertainment in Dallas (laughs) like in terms of like production and Mm -hmm. and music labels and things like that so I was sort of like kind of lost like okay what do I do next because I'm here I have to be here for family reasons I can't go back to LA right now. So I kind of felt stuck a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, I ended up taking a job for a TV show that was uh, filmed out here. I don't know if you heard the show Cheaters. Yep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, my Lord. Uh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's not something that I, you know, I want to present. Say I just don't, yeah, I don't, you know, talk about it a lot. <laughs> I, I took a job there for about six months and I was an assistant there and um, things didn't work out between, you know, the uh, creator of the show and I, some things transpired and I yeah. kind of just, you know, quit and got fired at the same time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Creative differences. Let's just call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when that happened, I, um, I ended up hitting up Mark Cuban. Uh, I just found his email, never met him, just knew who he was. And of course, you know, I'm a big Mavericks and Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And I ended up hitting him up one day on email and just like, hey, my name is Linda. Um, you know, sent him my resume and like, you kind of, you know, get into, because um, oh, at the time he had his uh, HD net and he had his movie company. I think it was like oh, 29 okay. Entertainment or something like that. Okay. So I was like, oh, maybe I can work with, you know, his entertainment stuff. So when I hit him up, he, uh, he actually emailed me back within 20 minutes. I was shocked because I was like, I don't even know if this is his real email, but I'm going to mm-hmm, try it out. Mm-hmm. He ended up emailing me back and was like, hey, come in for an uh, interview. I'd like to know well, what's your, well, the first thing he said was, he emailed me back, goes, what's your salary requirement? That was the first thing he said. And the only mm-hmm. thing he said on the email. And I said, I was like, kind of shocked, like, whoa, first of all, he emailed <laughs> me back. <laughs> I wanted to say, I'll do it for free right now. Like, <laughs> right, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I responded and I said, um, I said, you know, I'm open. <laughs> mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. said, I know it depends on the position because I, I know that I have uh, experience um, in different position roles of position. So I'm open, you know, to the, you know, the average rate of what right, that yeah, position mm-hmm. would be. So I didn't really say a number, but I just kind of yeah, yeah. in a way that kinda left it open. Yeah. Yeah, so he ended up calling me for calling me in for an interview um, with the Dallas Mavericks, um, the PR guy. He had actually had me go meet with him, at the, and his name is Buddy. I remember Buddy because I went in there, and uh, for me to let me just backtrack a little bit before I contacted Mark Cuban, I had hit up Buddy because I found out who the PR person for the Mavericks mm-hmm. was. So I hit up Buddy. He had basically sent me an email back said thanks for your interest, but there's no positions open. Blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. then when I emailed Mark and I went to go meet with Buddy, Buddy said, well, I see you got your way in somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, I know, I know, you know, but you went to the top, you know, to the CEO. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it wasn't like I did it intentionally, you know, to yeah. go around you. But it was kind of funny. He was really nice, though. 
And then um, I interviewed with him. He went back and gave me a good report with Mark. So then Mark had me do another interview with his, um, I think she was like a, a financial consultant or something to him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what her role was, but he ended up having me interview with her. And then she ended up liking me. And he said he was going to create a position for me. He's like, I have a position I want to create for you, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, but I have to go out of town because at the time he had just did this movie with George Clooney. And so he, mm. I think they were nominated for an Oscar or something. So he was out of town that whole summer. And so we kind of lost contact because his, you know, he wasn't really thinking about, you know, I wasn't on the priority list, obviously, because he was busy with, you know, with all this um, promoting of the film. So we kind of lost contact. And so because of that, um, I said, you know what, I got to do something. (laughs) So I ended up just on a leap of faith. I said, um, I ended up reconnecting with Fredro and he had a a group that he was starting called Young Onyx. So he was like, you know, let's do work. So I kind of just said, you know what, I'm just going to start my own company and just on a leap of faith and see what happens. And at the time, the company was actually called Lunachick PR. It wasn't even called Powerhouse Agency. Mm. And, um, and it just kind of just like went from there, just sort of grew and kept growing. And I never looked back. You know, I never had a, a regular job after what that. Made you, <laughs> yeah, what made you change the, the name? Um, because I ended up moving back to L.A. So I, when I moved back to Dallas, it was in what, 2006. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved back to L.A., it was 2012. And... Oh, okay. Yeah, so when I moved back, I wanted to rebrand the company because I wanted to go more into branding because at the time mm-hmm. I was more focused on PR. And, you know, things obviously are evolving, you know, within the industry, you know, with social media and stuff like that. So I decided, well, you know, because of that, I'm more kind of going into branding, management, and those type of roles. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back to LA, I said I wanted to kind of create a company name that sort of had like corporate name to it versus because I felt like Lunatic PR was you know it sounded independent you know mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I create and it sounded you know sort of in a sense like a girl's company which is fine but I just wanted right. to kind of recreate it with more of a, right, a corporate right. you know name and, mm-hmm. and brand and title so that was the reasoning for that and just rebranding basically and that's and what I did with and then with the agency you also like hold down events what are some events that you've like held as an agency like and then some of your favorite ones as well yeah well we so my company used to produce our own events we used to have a gifting suite called the trendsetter suite and so we worked with different um companies from i know we worked with rolls royce we worked with uh, a couple different brands that were kind of collaborate with us so we did like these gifting suites during the SBs, during the grammys during bet awards weekend so that mm-hmm. was pretty cool that we were able to do that but in terms of like clients i was able to work with you know different athletes different music artists um on creating events for their projects and their initiatives mm-hmm. but my favorite one i would say Honestly, like I really like working with Meta World Peace. He's one of my clients Mm -hmm. and I produced his celebrity basketball game last year. And I would say like everyone that I've worked with, I would say his event was one of the most fulfilling. I don't know why it just really Mm was. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. Maybe just because he's a, and I like everyone that I work with, but just something about working with him um, that really, I I can't even explain it to be honest. I just really like working with him. Yeah. Yeah. What are some clients that you have under your roster? I know you have, you just said Meta World Peace, and I also know you have Dancing Dan. You also have um, Dennis Graham. Explain a little bit 
uh, yeah. uh, more if you have on a little bit on those? Um, I have Lecrae. I do all his West Coast PR. So whenever he has stuff in the West Coast, whether it's events, whether it's, you know, PR campaigns, I work with him on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So he has someone on the East Coast and then he uses me for the West Coast. And so okay. I work with him on that. So I also, I just recently became in-house with TDE. So mm -hmm. TDEs, they are a label that has Kendrick Lamar, SZA, mm -hmm. Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, Reason, mm -hmm. um, Zakari, and some new artists that we just signed. So I've been working alongside with Musa and Brandon. And so mm -hmm. in a sense, TDE is a client, but also, also in-house. So it's sort of hard to really kind of explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I work with, with them as well now, too. Um, and I've been really focusing on that a lot because I'm sort of transitioning into a, a larger role with them little by little. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing with them right now. But I really work alongside with Musa a lot because he has other artists that he's managing as well. And he's creating some other um, some of the companies you know, outside of TDE, still along with TDE, but creating some initiatives that he's working on. So I've been kind of mm -hmm. just helping him with that as well. Mm -hmm. But that's really what I'm focusing on right now. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, that's just keep working. Even during this quarantine, the, you said you were doing like uh, charity stuff with TDE and stuff like that, even during this quarantine. So you've just been Yeah. Busy, yeah. Busy. We, did, we did a couple of things. Um, we have, you know, we're still working on, we had a rollout recently. They had some artists mm -hmm. uh, that dropped some music. It was called TDE Appreciation Week. Mm -hmm. So each artist uh, from the, not each artist, but some of the artists were dropping songs each day. So mm -hmm. Reason dropped a song. Sir dropped a song. Right. Yeah, so different artists had dropped songs. And so we were just doing um, in media rollouts with them. And, you know, of course, as much as we can on social media, doing live interviews and, you know, mentions on different web, you know, outlets. But, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's pretty, <laughs> pretty <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit hard right now, you know, because a lot of people, like, even, like, with a lot of editors, I don't know if you heard, like, Billboard, mm -hmm. they just let go, like, a lot of their staff you know mm -hmm. and um so did rolling stone and you just hear about these different outlets they're letting go a lot of the editors and producers um and writers just because you know what's going on so it's unfortunate so it's sort of also one of those things where now i have to revamp and mm -hmm. get back on the road and start finding out who's who at these outlets because some of the people that i do know are no longer there unfortunately mm -hmm. so it's kind of uh, it's pretty tough right now for that yeah. but yeah everyone's affected in some sort of way it's right it's it's crazy it's crazy uh now you've also uh volunteered and done volunteer work and you went to south africa how was that trip and what was that like volunteering uh that was in 2014 mm -hmm. i think 2014 i think is when i went uh yeah so actually what's funny is that i just decided like it was a last minute thing i had just finished an event uh, we had did for that with the SBs and um, not like directly with the SBs, but like it was, you know, for an SBs related event. And I think right after that, I was just exhausted. I was just pretty much exhausted of the Hollywood life and wanted to just get away and do something that was more meaningful. And so I just, I just literally just left. I didn't even really think about it too much. Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. made a decision. So you know what? I've always wanted to go to the motherland. South Africa is somewhat a place that I've always wanted to visit. I'm just going to just go out there. And I um, contacted this one organization that did, uh, they had a, 
a nonprofit organization that gave back in sense of, I think it was like an after school program, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, what they did was they would have the kids come and we would give them sort of lessons, you know, life, mm -hmm. whether it was life lessons or, you know, educational lessons like on math or science and things like that. And then after that, they would do that for like an hour and then we would go into the beach and we would uh, surf. So it was called like, I think it was like teach and surf or something like mm -hmm. that. <laughs> and I just thought it sounded cool. I'd never surfed before, but I thought it'd be kind of cool right. to learn <laughs> and be around, you know, be around that environment. And so that's what I did. I did that for about a month and a half. And then I ended up meeting um, some, so some friends of mine, uh, they had introduced me to some, some people out there and I ended up staying with them. And so it was, it was kind of cool. Like I just went and stayed with them and then we ended up going to um, the YMCA mm -hmm. and we ended up um, kind of working with the YMCA on different projects they had. So they had like these, uh, what do you call those? Like, I don't know if they call them here. I don't know what they call them here, but over there it was like a girl's homes. They had girls homes, kind of like foster kids. But they yeah, I was going to say like a foster. Yeah. Kind of like a foster home, but it was just for girls. And they only had like 20 girls at a time. Mm -hmm. So I would stay there. I mean, I would go there and visit and work with the girls. And, you know, we would just do stuff like different lessons or different, you know, just different projects. Like we would go out and plant, I don't know, go out gardening or right. like, you know, mm -hmm. we could do kind of fun stuff, just kind of mm -hmm. encouraging them and uplifting them. And then, you know, stuff like that. So it was it was cool. I loved it. I mean, I was there for about maybe almost four months. Um, oh, okay. I didn't want to come back. I will say that yeah. I loved it, but obviously I had to come back to the world world, but it was world, definitely yeah. um, a great experience and I loved it out there. And, uh, you know, definitely something unforgettable and I would love to go back there. I just haven't had mm -hmm. the chance, but I do stay in touch with some of the kids that I met out there. Mm -hmm. Like some of them are on Facebook. So I do talk to some of them and they always like, Oh, I miss you, Linda. When are you coming back? And you know, things like that. And so I hope to make it out there again one day. Yeah. <laughs> what are some other hobbies? Like you obviously you did the Vaughn, you went to South Africa. What are some other hobbies you like to do that are outside of music? Um, well, I love hiking. Like that's okay. my thing. Like I'm one of those people that every on the weekends, well, whenever before this stuff happened, with the uh, COVID stuff, I would like on the weekends, I would pick a different mountain mm -hmm. area every weekend, or at least try to, I would go um, mm -hmm. find a different mountain hike location. And sometimes it'd be within the LA city or be outside of it. So I'll go to Ventura County or San Bernardino, like different counties around LA. Mm -hmm. And I would just find different places to go hike. And that's like, I can do that literally all day. I can start in the morning and I can hike all right. day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I love doing that and then just going to the beach. Like, I love sitting by the water and just chilling. Um, mm. Those are the things that I love to do. Um, and I love reading, but, like, reading books of, like, mystery books and, you know, books like that that are, like, novels and stuff. Oh, okay, so a little yeah. bit of a lot of stuff, okay. Uh, yeah. Now, I know, I know you have to go really soon, so do you have any advice that you'd like to give to anybody that's, starting in the music business that wants to become somebody that like you like achieved the same certain goals that you achieved um i would just say network as much as possible you know don't 
don't just sit around waiting for someone to call you or don't just hit people on social media. Like if you have an opportunity to go to events um, and, you know, go to them, but always, always one of the thing is like, I have no fear of like being rejected, mm-hmm. you know, cause the worst someone can say is no, but out of a hundred no's, you're going to get a yes. So I just feel like, I mean, you're never going to know unless you try. So I always like, if you know if you have someone's contact like when I when I contacted Mark Cuban like I didn't know who he is I never met mm-hmm. him but I still mm-hmm. hit him up and then he hit me back so just you know not be afraid of like going after what you want because a lot of people mm-hmm. get intimidated by people who are you know hold larger titles or you know who are in higher positions mm-hmm. just don't be intimidated by that mm-hmm. if you know just believe in what you can bring to the table at the end of the day Perfect. And uh, so towards the end of the podcast, I do these uh, 10 questions really quick uh, with like really quick answers. Uh, I got it from James Lipton, uh, host of Inside the Actor Studio. Yeah. Uh, the first question is, what's your favorite word? <laughs> uh, I don't even know my favorite word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, that's... I, I don't even know if I have a favorite word, to be mm. honest. Um, I, that's that's a hard one for me because I don't even know if I have a hard, I mean, a, a favorite word, to be honest. I would say, um, hmm. what? I have someone here. Do I have a favorite word? I don't think I have a favorite word, to mm. be honest. That's, I guess it's depends on the situation at hand but i mean yeah can we come back on that one because i really don't have one (laughs) what's your least uh what's your least favorite word oh my gosh Mm. uh never uh what turns you on what turns like what do you mean turns me on (laughs) like like not like like in life in life Mm -hmm. um what turns me on in life like um seeing people win like that inspires when I see people winning or like Mm -hmm. fulfilling their dreams like Mm -hmm. it inspires me more like okay shit they're doing it I can do it Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that so that I guess gets me going Mm -hmm. what turns you off in life turns me um I mean the typical just someone f- being negative like they feel like I guess people that think that they can't when someone says I can't do it like mm-hmm. I don't like that I don't like to hear that especially from people that I know personally mm. what sound or noise do you love what sound or noise do I love mm-hmm. <laughs> the fan the fan <laughs> <laughs> I love the fan, like a sound of a fan. I don't know why. It's so mm. soothing to me. Keeps you calm and collected. Keeps me calm, but also puts me to sleep if I need to fall asleep. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sound of a fan for what? sure. And if I'm, you know, depending on like if I'm at the, if I'm outdoors, I love the sound of like the ocean or like nature. I love the mm-hmm. sound of nature in general though. What sound or noise do you hate? Um... Hmm. That's a good one too. The sound that I hate. Um, 
Well, I mean, just in general, like, you know, the, the screeching of stuff when someone's like metal on metal, like that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> that oh. just gets to me. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even know. Because <laughs> when you say favorite cuss word, I mean, that's when you, when, usually when you cuss, it's either because you're you know something happens like yeah. if you stub your toe like fuck or shit yeah. you know mm -hmm. or something like so that so we'll just say fuck or shit yeah right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's my favorite that's just i say it because i like you know something happens mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know if i have one what profession other than your own would you like to attempt what other profession um yeah. mm -hmm. outside of like the industry stuff yeah Outside of industry, I think I would love to be a lawyer. Lawyer, nice. Yeah. Like a criminal lawyer or a... Hmm. I don't know about a criminal lawyer. I don't know. I just, maybe, like, mm. probably, yeah, because I used to love, you know, novels and stuff and solving mysteries. And mm -hmm. I'm one of those people, like, I, when I watch stuff, I, I'm a big researcher. Mm. So either a lawyer or archaeologist, because I love, like, exploring i'm a big explorer mm. so i would love to that would be like another one if i could do anything it'd be like to travel and do archaeology that would be actually probably archaeology over being an attorney what profession would you not like to do uh i would probably not want to be hmm i probably would never want to be a therapist <laughs> I don't think I like that would be I wouldn't mind being a counselor but not a therapist, therapist. and I think those are different a counselor is pretty cool I guess mm -hmm. with young people but I would, would never want to have the life of a therapist or a dentist because I don't uh, like that same of preaching mm, stuff yep, yep, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so a dentist or a therapist therapist definitely. Uh, if heaven exists what would you like to God here say when you arrive at the pearly gates well, to be heaven, I do believe heaven exists. So that's not even a question if. Mm -hmm. But you said, well, what would I want God to say? Mm -hmm. When you arrive at the pearly gates. I mean, my name is written in the book of life. Yeah, that uh, part. <laughs> to go back to number one, what is your favorite word? <laughs> um grace grace there you go there you um go. any uh any last words you'd like to give any shout outs and where can people follow you on instagram and all that other stuff um i don't really have any shout outs but i mean if anybody wants to follow i have my company it's the powerhouse agency that's the company one all right, guys, this was episode 12 featuring Linda Luna, CEO of Paras Agency. Peace. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.